Hello everyone, welcome or welcome back to another episode of Emblem Podcast. My name is Abby, if you are new here, and I am the host of this podcast. And if you missed last week's episode, we talked about my worst money mistakes from my 20s and honestly my late teens as well thus far. And I was originally going to do the worst money mistakes and the best money decisions, financial decisions in one episode. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. But I just had a lot to say in the Worst Financial Decisions episode, which honestly, there is just as much, if not more, wisdom in, found in mistakes and bad decisions as there is in good decisions that you make. You know what I mean? Like we learn so much from the mistakes we make and the lessons that we learn. So it makes sense that I had a lot to say when it came to the worst financial decisions. So this week we are going to be talking about my best financial decisions. And while I have more, I definitely don't have as much to talk through because I felt like last week I was really trying to explain my rationale behind making a lot of the decisions I made and was ultimately just a little bit of a chatty Cathy when it came to sharing my worst financial decisions. So this week we're going to be talking about my best financial decisions, but y'all know the drill. Before we get into the episode, I am going to go ahead and share the quote from this week with you all and it comes from Pinterest and I just found it like literally right before I started recording this episode because I was just scrolling on Pinterest and found it and I was like, oh my gosh, I love this for this week's episode. And it's honestly even really great when it comes to kind of getting in a better mindset with your finances and really just opening yourself up to change and new things in your life. And it says, perhaps this next chapter has more to do with who and what you're choosing to grow with rather than what you're letting go of. And I just loved that as sort of a perspective shift because I am somebody when I go through change I tend to dwell so much on what's lost in the change you know the things that I'm losing because of the change you know when I've moved had like big moves in my life when I moved from Florida to Alabama for school when I moved from Alabama to Texas for postgrad just instead of looking at so much that there is ahead of me and all of opportunity ahead of me and just the fact that you know I'm literally opening a new chapter and it's mine to create in a way I've always been somebody who looks back instead of forward and is like oh my gosh I'm gonna miss this and I just get like really emotional and sentimental and I don't think there's anything wrong with that I just think that's part of being like somebody that's very emotional and really sensitive in general and I don't I'm not sitting here saying I need to change that I'm just saying I can feel that way but then I can also turn around and after letting myself feel that way I can really think about, you know, stepping into change as an opportunity to look at it as I'm choosing to grow with these people and grow in this direction and choose these things rather than thinking of it as, oh my gosh, I'm letting go of all of these things. And the same is true even when it's not like a big life change. Like, you know, if you're just in a position where maybe, well, I guess changing a job is a big life change, but if you're like changing a job, if you're just hanging out with a new friend, whatever it may be, it can be so easy to dwell on what is lost from that change. But 
it's also really powerful to just think of it as, okay, I'm going to look at this as how I'm choosing to grow going forward. And that's a better way for, not a better way, but it's another way that you can look at change and moving forward, moving on, whatever you want to call it. So I really like that quote. And my goal for this week, I am really wanting to get my March reset video filmed for YouTube, which if you're not subscribed to me on YouTube, you totally should. I'm getting like so close to 100K. I've been in the 90K area for like four years, so maybe even longer. And I'm just really excited um, to one hit 100K eventually, but I'm also just really excited because I've just been loving vlogging and making content for you all. And I have like four videos on deck right now and ready to go basically. I have been so blessed to be able to work with so many incredible brands that I genuinely use in my everyday life. And most of them I already had been using or had used at a time in my life before they even reached out to work with me. And those are the best brand deals. Like it's obviously amazing when a company reaches out and you find out through them to find out about them through them reaching out to you and then you grow to love their things as you try them out. But it's even more amazing and incredible when it's a brand that like you have vouched for and truly loved and believed in and then you get to work with them and just kind of that organic fit, I guess, with content. So I'm so blessed and thankful to have had so many of those opportunities lately and my March reset, I really, really want to get filmed next week, which I was going to film it this week and then I just kind of got carried away with filming a lot of other things especially short form content. So I, and I'm out of storage on my phone. So I'm like, okay, now I have to, you know, film my March reset on my camera and like on an SD card. Cause I quite literally cannot film any more short form content until I get a lot of these posted. Cause I freak out and I don't like deleting the raw files until the video is posted. And as a result, I have quite literally no storage on my phone. My phone all morning was just like turning off and turning back on. And I couldn't do anything for like the first three hours of the day, which was fine. But I was just like, well, this is great. I hope I don't have to get a new phone. But thankfully, it's up and running again now. But I really want to get the March reset film for y'all and hopefully have it up the first weekend of March as long like on March 3rd, I think, as long as everything works out with when I'm posting with other brands. So that's definitely a big priority next week. But I also have to film three YouTube videos between like Sunday and Friday which is a lot um, because they're all vlogs. But I have, you know, intentions with each of them. So it's fine. It's not like I'm, you know, just kind of not really going into it with a plan. I have to very strategically plan out what days I'm vlogging and everything just to make sure that it aligns with the schedule with brands and to make sure that I can actually contribute valuable content in the vlog. I hate just, you know, for example, I would not feel good uploading a vlog if it was like Monday through Wednesday and quite literally all I did was, you know, go to F45, make my coffee and edit videos all day. And that was pretty much the whole gist of the video. I just really like there to be something else, whether it's me trying something new, talking about something um, or sharing some tips or advice, whatever it may be. I just really, really love for there to be a greater purpose and intention in my YouTube videos and not all of them are going to be that way which is totally fine but I do really like to try and make that a priority as much as I can so with that being said and I think I said Sunday to Friday I have three videos it's Sunday to Sunday actually so in seven days of time I have three videos which doesn't sound like a lot probably but when it's when each of them are for different brands and I'm trying to be super intentional and make sure that the content that I'm vlogging is in alignment with you know the brand itself because I really love everything to just be 
nice and seamless and like organically fit. So, you know, I just want it to be well thought out, I guess you could say. But enough of that tangent. That's my goal for this week. I love doing the reset videos though on YouTube. I'm so sorry I stopped doing them on the podcast. I feel bad because I love, it was honestly something I loved doing on the podcast and it was really helpful for me because typically, usually at least once a month, I get in a rut with the podcast and I'm like, I feel like I have nothing valuable to contribute for the podcast and I never, ever, 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 ever want to just upload something for the sake of saying, oh, I uploaded a podcast this week and it not really be good, valuable content. And the resets were just a fun way for me to reset my brain at the same time on the podcast because it really helped me kind of have fun with planning an episode instead of being so strategic about valuable information. And even in the uh, reset episodes, I was sharing valuable things, I guess you could say. So I do miss having it as part of like the podcast upload schedule, but I don't know what it is, but having it on YouTube, I've just been really vibing with it. And I know you all have been too. I've been getting really good feedback on those videos. And I think it's also just because I have my doodle journal, doodle planner now, and that like really adds an amazing visual element to the videos. So it just works better on YouTube, but I know I've talked about it before, so I'm not going to talk, keep talking about it, but my gratitude for this week, I want to say I'm so thankful for my mom and my grandma because both of their uh, birthdays are this week and they are two days apart, which obviously not two days apart in the same year. Duh. I don't know why I even felt the need to clarify that, but um, they, my mom is on the 26th and my grandma's on the 24th and I hate that I can't be like see them and I normally don't get to see them, but I am going home. I'm going to be home for my dad's birthday this year, I think. So I feel bad that I'm not going to be home for my mom's, but I'm so thankful for both of them. And they're just amazing women. And I'm excited to see them again soon. And I don't know, I just wanted to say I'm very thankful for them. And without them, I wouldn't be who I am today. So shout out to mom and grandma for the love over the years and the support and celebrating them. Shout out to them. But let's go ahead and get into this episode. And the very first thing I'm going to mention as a best financial decision is opening up my high yield savings account. But I won't lie, I wish I would have opened it up sooner. So that aspect of it is kind of a mistake. And I don't want to say it's a mistake because it's not like I did something wrong. I just could have maximized value with it if I opened it up sooner. But to be completely honest, the rates weren't that amazing on it a couple years ago you know what I mean like they were a lot lower and with the rates being higher I've just I know I mentioned it last week that having the high yield savings accounts just been so good and if you don't know what high yield savings account is it offers a better yield which you know you can also say return whatever you want to say on the money in the account than a traditional savings account at like your local bank would offer or like USAA or Wells Fargo, whatever. Because, you know, you have your like checking and savings account at one of those banks. But if you go through a high yield savings account, which there are tons of banks that offer them, I have mine through Ally and I love Ally. I haven't had any issues with it. Um, It's been great and I would recommend it. I don't have a reason not to recommend it. I really like their interface it's pretty user friendly for the most part sometimes I get really confused with how to access the buckets on my homepage that I can divide my savings up because you can divide your savings up into buckets and have like savings goals and set target dates and everything and I'm sure you can do that on all of the high yield savings accounts but I sometimes but I think it's just because I don't go online that often I usually am using it through the app and the few times I go online I get so confused because it's like set up a little bit differently so that's just more so of a user error but I think opening a high yield savings account has just been so phenomenal for me because 
not necessarily just be, I mean, obviously the money that I'm making, the extra money I'm making from the interest in the account that is able to accrue because of me keeping my savings in there and I, there's a better, a higher rate. So I'm making a higher percentage off of the balance I'm keeping there as opposed to a regular savings account, like I mentioned. So obviously that's a pro that I'm making way more in interest because, you know, you barely make anything in interest in a traditional savings account. So opening up a high yield savings account, you really allow yourself to just earn a little bit of extra money on those more short term saving goals. You know, I wouldn't want to put any long term savings per se in my high yield savings account, but your high yield savings account is really, really great for those short term savings. So if you're like saving for something very specific, like maybe a home project, saving for a car, saving for a down payment on a home, your emergency fund is really great to keep in a high yield savings account because you can typically get access to the money in the account within like a few days just through, you know, like a bank typical bank transfer. So it's very easy to access the money. It's not like it's, you know, super hard to do so because you never want to have your short-term savings in something that's not super liquid to where you're not able to get access to the money very quickly or it can't be converted to cash very quickly. So it's super convenient in that regard, which when we were saving for down payment on a home, I kept that in my high yield savings account and I had automatic transfers just equal to the amount of my paychecks basically every month and then some months I would contribute even more because like I mentioned in last week's episode if you didn't meant if you didn't listen I was thankfully in a position where I was able to save all of my paychecks from my full-time job for like the first 10 months I worked it while um I was working because I was also doing YouTube of course and social media and everything so I was really trying to live off of one income so that we could save as much as we could during that time for a down payment on a house when it came time for us to move out of our apartment so um I really loved it for that purpose but I also keep my emergency fund in there I actually quite literally five minutes before I started recording this episode I just transferred over um because I just got paid this week from my content creating and everything and I went ahead and set aside all of my taxes um because I keep the money I pay and estimated taxes in my high yield savings account and I went ahead and transferred that over and transferred everything that I like to set aside monthly for um just like my emergency fund my sinking funds I have like a travel sinking fund a gift sinking fund for like birthday gifts Christmas gifts whatever car sinking fund I know I need a new tire soon so I've been trying to kind of like put a little bit a little bit more on that one and I'm probably forgetting some things but yeah opening up a high yield savings account is one of the best decisions I made and what I was getting at earlier that I, and I never finished the thought it's really great because you do make the interest extra interest in the account but it's also really great because I feel like it just makes you a lot more diligent about your savings and a lot more disciplined because if you're just keeping all of your money in a traditional savings account, and I'm not condemning that, I'm just saying you can just be a lot more strategic with your savings, especially when you're able to split them up into literal buckets that you can see. And it's super motivating to see the balance in each of the buckets go up. Like once you hit a milestone with a bucket or when you're able to contribute like a couple hundred dollars to a bucket or even a thousand dollars to a bucket or even more than that, it just feels really, really good. And it feels really good to see all of that sitting there like in the account and knowing that you have that set aside for when you do need it and I just personally have found that I have been way more diligent and way more disciplined when it comes to savings and as soon as I get paid like that I take care of that right away I don't wait I don't spend a bunch of money and then do all the savings the very first thing I allocate is taxes and savings so 
that is priority. And then that way the rest, you know, it's bills, wants, whatever, that kind of thing. The next best decision is getting a new computer, which my computer was so expensive. The one that I'm recording on right now, like the MacBook Pro that I have, it was like $3,000. And that is a lot of money, a lot of money for a computer, a laptop specifically. But I did trade in my Mac desktop that I had. And the whole reason I got a new one was because I needed a better computer for editing and everything. I was like, I don't have time to deal with like my computer not being able to freaking like run when I'm trying to edit a video because on my old MacBook, I had a MacBook Pro, but it was like one of the newer versions with the touch bar. The one I had before that I had all of college and it was like the 2015 version of MacBook Pro. That year of MacBook Pro was unmatched. That version, I don't know what they did to that computer. There's literally magic in it, but that computer, I put it through the ringer. Like I did all of my schoolwork, all of my schooling on it, and I edited two videos a week for like four years on it basically. And it finally like did end up kind of dying on me, but I mean, I ran it into the ground. And the fact that I I wasn't even using like an external hard drive for a lot of that time, which is crazy to think about. Like I just was not really doing things the right way when it came to editing but I was just doing what I knew how to do at the time and getting the new computer though has been such a good investment for me with my quote-unquote business with being a youtuber and content creator because it runs so much better like I'm don't get me wrong there are times when it like gets laggy and stuff but it's usually just my fault like I need to like clear up some stuff on my computer or something but the processor on it's way better and the like RAM memory or whatever is a lot higher than what I did have. So it just is better for editing and it's a lot less like glitchy and laggy. And I just think that getting it was one of the best decisions for myself just because it has seriously saved me so much time and waiting when it comes to editing videos. Like I would get so frustrated on my old computer because it would just freeze up and then I would just stop editing because I would like be like I can't do this right now because it's just freezing up a bunch and I have a million other things I need to be doing so I would just like give up on it and then come back to it and it's just good knowing that you have like a reliable computer to like go to at the end of the day and work on and know that it's not going to be making a long process even longer by being laggy and glitchy and stuff but it was seriously like there has not been one time since I bought this computer that I am like dang I wish I wouldn't have bought this computer so I really love it, but it's the 16-inch MacBook Pro M1 chip thing, and I got it in March of 2022, I believe, so, and the next best decision was making the decision, and that is a key part of this (laughs) point, making the decision to live off of one income for most of the first year of my full-time job, and this is, I know, such a niche situation, and I know that it's not necessarily relatable, and it's something that I was truly so thankful I was able to do but you know it's not like it was just handed to me and placed in my lap to be able to do that like I worked my butt off during college being a YouTuber and I continued to work my butt off while working a very demanding full-time job and doing content creating on the side like it's not it's it's easy work in terms of the content of it but I mean it's it's still putting in hours towards something you know what I mean like it's still work it's just Obviously, the content of it is way easier than doing something else more complex like my actual full-time job was. But when I say making the decision to live off of one income, that is a big, that's like the best financial decision because, I mean, yes, living off of the one income for myself like was the good decision as well because it allowed for me to save so much towards purchasing our first home. 
but actually consciously making that decision because it would have been so which honestly I think the very first month of my job I didn't do it but then like February on I did and I remember like the first month I like because I was making money from content creating and my job I was like whoa like this is really nice like I just feel like I'm you know wow I'm finally at a point because I went from only having content creating income for so long especially like when I was studying for the CPA exam it was a little stressful because we were living in a new apartment the rent was a little bit more expensive than what we were paying in Tuscaloosa Alabama obviously and I was like okay like I am hoping this works out for six months but I had saved a lot during college too to kind of prepare me for that time that I would be you know just doing content creating and not starting my job yet and I don't know I just think making the decision to live off of one income was just really smart for myself because I remember in that first month when I had like both of the incomes I was like wow this is really nice and then I found myself just impulse spending and like I was just like buying clothes because I could I was buying I was just buying things because I could and I kind of had a reality check after like not even a month and I was like okay there's literally no reason for me to be just like spending this money on materialistic things that I'm gonna end up probably getting rid of in the next three or five years like honestly I don't think this is necessary like I need to be better with my money and I was like you know what I'm in a position hopefully every month and there were some months where I made a lot more than others there were some months where I didn't make any money from sponsorships and you know thankfully the money the months that I had really good months on YouTube and stuff I was able to kind of cover that spread but ultimately I realized you know I could do much more beneficial things for me in my future with this money than just spending it on random things or whatnot. So I'm really glad I made that decision early on because I think I would have seriously like hated myself today if I looked back and I was like, why was I just, you know, throwing that money down the toilet? And I'm just really thankful that I made that decision. And the next decision is, this one is specifically for my like latter half of 2022 to now self so basically when I graduated college to now um but I one of my best decisions is not buying into trends and spending a lot on material items and I have my moments I think we all have our moments where we're like oh getting a little spendy like maybe we just you know are like we we feel like we want to treat ourselves a little bit more I'm usually like really good most of the year but I usually have like two or three months where I just kind of loosen up the reins a little bit and I'm like oh I can you know yeah I'll, I'll get myself some new clothes like but I definitely don't really need them you know what I mean and um I just think that I've been a lot better about not buying into trends I mean there have been I could think of so many instances where I've almost bought things over the last like three years and now I in hindsight I'm just like gosh I'm so thankful I didn't waste money on that because look it's already out of style like basically and I just think that the reason that this kind of shifted was one graduating college and like pulling me out of an environment where everybody around me was basically the same age as me because being in a college town that's how it feels you know if you go to college in a big city it doesn't really feel that way because there's you're constantly surrounded by way more people and more cultures and you're also surrounded by just people of all ages like the demographics just completely different but then like in a small college town it's like everybody is the same age of you basically and you're all attending the same school. So it's like everybody kind of has just like this, not everybody, but people especially who just don't really know themselves yet, such as me. 
in that situation in college you're you just find yourself you know buying things and doing things just to fit the general mold that's already there and I was definitely a victim of this in college mainly like my late sophomore to year into grad school I found my like I can just look in hindsight and just be like why did I spend you know all this money on whatever and clothes that for going out that I ended up you know not even really liking that much and I just got them because I thought that they would you know make me fit in more or something and I know I've talked about that on the podcast a lot before but one of my best decisions as a postgrad adult I feel like I've been very good about not buying into like trendy things and material items like I've been a lot better about it so that's definitely just like a really good financial decision because it's saved me from accumulating more stuff that I don't actually need and it saved me from just the regret of making purchases that I didn't really need at the end of the day and also it's kept me kind of true to myself and challenged me in ways to you know use what I do have instead of constantly buying in the trends and don't get me wrong I've definitely had moments where I've purchased things and I've slipped up and I have bought into a trend but for the most part I think I've been really good about it so I think that not spending on those material items and not buying in the trends has been huge for me and I'm just like way better about it than I was in college like I said but like for example I remember when like long nothing against them like I genuinely am the biggest advocate of wear whatever the hell you want to wear basically and you know don't even let anybody try and judge you for a second because you know it's you and your style and it's not meant to be ideal in somebody else's eyes like it's for you and it's to represent you not that other person and I remember when like long denim skirts kind of came back in I think it was like late 2022 early 2023 I can't remember and I remember thinking I want one so badly and I just like loved a lot of the outfits with like the sweaters and the boots and the belts and everything I just thought they looked and I still think they look so cute like truly But now I'm like, okay, I can tell in hindsight that that was more of a trend and it's, you know, probably not going to be super popular. And also I have been doing better about dressing for like my body shape and style and that kind of thing. And I'm like, that is something that would be so wildly unflattering on me. So like, I'm so glad I didn't just like see it look good on somebody else and just buy it right away. I've just been a lot more intentional and tried to think, you know, is this something that actually is a representation of me and my style and the things I like to wear? Is the color, does the color look good on me or does it just look good on the model or the person who posted it on Instagram? Or does the color even like complement my eyes and my hair and my skin tone? And then asking myself, does that outfit like actually work well with my body type or is that, does it just look good on the model or the person on Instagram? Like always asking myself that before I buy things has literally talked me out of buying so, so many things that I did not need. And I feel like I've been very good about truly just trying to slowly but surely kind of buy more basics because I had a very trend-heavy closet. And I would say some of the things in my closet still are leaning more towards the trend-heavy section. And I just didn't really have like any basics in college. And I mean, I had some, you know, like I had black leggings, I had a pair of jeans, whatever. But when it came to like tops, especially, I just was really lacking when it came to basics because I would just buy like trendy sweaters, trendy blouses, whatever, and trendy going out tops. And I slowly have been getting rid of a lot of those things and trying to slowly like purchase and find things that are true basics that I can like layer with, build a whole couple different outfits around depending on like the jacket I wear over it, the sweater I wear over it, whatever it may be. And really just trying to be better about just buying like timeless basics, you know, like a good white t-shirt. And I literally realized 
a few weeks ago, I was like, I don't have a single white top, like a white top that you would wear with like jeans that is not cropped. And I was like, this is tragic, like a plain one. And I was like, no wonder I struggle so much when I'm getting ready because I don't always want my stomach to be out. I think like with certain little outfits, it looks cute, but I'm like, no, I need a full length white top and a full length black top that, you know, isn't going to be cropped and isn't necessarily fitted. And I say I need, do I really need it to survive? No, but you know what I'm getting at. In order to have a well-rounded basic wardrobe, it is a need, but it's not a need to survive. So you get what I mean. But the next um, financial decision is eating the majority of our meals at home. This is a pivot that we've made particularly in the last year, pretty much since we got engaged. I kind of knew something that we like to splurge on when before we got engaged was DoorDash. And when I say splurge, I'm like, I, we really did not splurge that bad. We probably got DoorDash like twice a month. So, but that's a lot. I mean, that, that is a lot, but I know, I know that there are people who get it like twice a week. So for us, it was a lot. And I paid for like the DoorDash annual pass and everything, which honestly, if you're getting DoorDash a lot, it absolutely does pay for itself and it's worth it. But once we got married or once we got to get married, once we got engaged, I was like, where can we cut expenses to like really be able to save more for the wedding? And one of the things I was like, we eat out a lot. Like we, get DoorDash a lot but then we also which honestly when we I talked about this last week with lifestyle inflation but we would mainly when we the first year we lived in Houston we went out to like restaurants and just like ate out probably like two nice dinners a month basically with like friends and it was always around 125 to 150 dollars maybe even more than that every time we went and that is a lot of freaking money like that is a week's worth of groceries so we kind of were like, we need to stop doing that, you know, make it as more of a special occasion thing, like for our birthday or something or an anniversary. And if we are going to be eating out, maybe let's pivot and just go fast casual options or just a lot cheaper options. So, you know, you're not having to spend, you know, $30, $40 on a tip and you're not having to, you know, do the whole price premium that comes with sitting at a full service sit down restaurant and all that stuff. So we were like, okay, no more eating out and that like in that capacity and we are getting rid of DoorDash and we're just going to force ourselves to you know not eat out as much and not get delivery as much and that was a really good decision and breaking that habit was really great because now we're now that we're married you know and we're not paying for the wedding paying for part of the wedding anymore I'm able to be like okay we were able to break that habit and it like got us into the habit of making our meals at home and we feel so much better when we eat at home too and the food's honestly better like I'd say like eight times out of 10, the DoorDash food we would get, we weren't even like happy with. Like we were just like eating it because we needed dinner and it wasn't even that great because by the time it made it to us, it was like lukewarm or cold and it just is never as good as it is when you're eating it fresh. So I think that that's been a really great um, move for us in terms of a habit that we've broken and like a habit that we've adopted in order to save ourselves a lot of money. And granted, it's like hard because your grocery bill goes up when you're eating more at home, obviously. Like when you're eating your breakfast, lunch, and dinner at home, you know, five to seven days of the week, your grocery bill is going to be more expensive. So it's harder because I remember like I would always kind of keep that in mind like, oh, we'll probably get DoorDash once this week and then we'll probably, you know, go out to eat one night. So I would always keep that in mind when I would grocery shop for meals for the week and I obviously wouldn't spend as much because I wasn't getting as much food for dinners and everything. So that was definitely a big adjustment was realizing like, oh yeah, groceries are also going to be more expensive if we're, you know, making that change. So the next thing is not traveling and going on a lot of trips super often. 
And this one's hard for me to say because it's something like I never regret money spent traveling. You know what I mean? Because it's something that, you know, is an experience. And a lot of times, you know, it's with friends, it's with your family, it's with your significant other, whatever the case may be. Even trips that haven't, I haven't had the best time or something's gone wrong on them, whatever, I haven't regretted them because they've been an experience. But I will say that kind of staying within my means when it comes to traveling, especially during college and like my first few years post-grad and even during our year of being engaged, I really tried, which it's not even that I didn't want to travel to new places. I didn't even think about it just because I knew it kind of wasn't a possibility with like what I was willing to spend. It's like if I'm going to be going to those places, I don't want to like try and take the cheap or frugal route. Like I am sorry, but like I if you if you're able to make traveling on a budget, not not I don't even want to say on a budget. If you are somebody who like intentionally travels cheaply and if what I mean by that is like going to the cheapest spots and everything and you love it please tell me like how you do it and because I am somebody that like wants to go to the best not and when I say the best restaurants I'm not saying like four star five star restaurants the restaurants that are rated the best and that could be a taco truck on the side of the road you know what I mean like I want to go to the places that are rated really highly I want to check out the local coffee shops I want to do the cool experience in that city. You know what I mean? So I don't want to go and then just be like, yep, now we're going to sit in the hotel because we just spent all of our money on the hotel and I don't want to spend any more money. You know what I mean? I never want to travel in that way. And traveling with people who are unwilling to, you know, spend money on really the local culture and cuisine and everything where you're going, it can be frustrating if you're somebody that is wanting to do that. And it's frustrating for both parties on both ends. So ultimately though, the last, I mean, several years, really even all the way back to college and since I've been a grown adult, I guess you could say, the majority of my travels have been with family or it's been to visit my college friends in their cities. So it's like I'm not paying for hotels in that situation and I'm just, you know, paying for the plane ticket and the thing that we're doing together and visiting home, like visiting Florida and Panama City Beach because I'm so thankful that I have such a beautiful hometown and that's the place that I get to go back to when I'm like visiting home because honestly like this sounds terrible but like if I if it wasn't Panama City Beach I don't know and if it wasn't like a two-hour plane right away because it's so close so easy to get to because it's a non-stop two-hour flight you know if it was like a situation where I had to take like a four-hour five-hour flight and there was you know a layover involved I probably would not go home near as much which sucks and if it was you know, maybe somewhere that wasn't as naturally beautiful in terms of the environment, I probably wouldn't go home as much either. But like, that sounds so terrible to say, because like, obviously, I would still want to go for my family. But I'm just saying like the ease of how easy it is to get there. And just how easy it is to want to go there because of the beach. All of that makes it more likely for me to want to go. So I've mainly, you know, most of my PTO last year, when I would take time off, I was just going back to my parents' house and I would stay with them. So I was just paying for my plane ticket and anything we did while we were at home. And that was just, it was a way for me to like feel like I was traveling. I mean, I was traveling. It was a way for me to feel like I was going on, you know, like a new vacation without having to spend a ton of money. But, you know, there's different ways you can do it. But I think the visiting your friends, like for me, my college friendships and even my high school friendships, we all live in completely different cities for the most part. So it's like, 
it's great because I'm able to go and see them in their cities and like that can be a little trip in and of itself but you know I'm really hoping that one day like my husband and I were in a position where we can travel a lot more freely in terms of just like okay we want to plan a two-week trip to Europe and you know like that it's just a matter of priorities and that just like hasn't been a priority in our young adult life just because we know how expensive and how much of a time commitment it is and you know that's something that we definitely in coming years would like to shift our focus and like prioritize because we definitely want to travel more together as a couple especially before we have kids hopefully so I definitely think that kind of staying within my means and like realistically traveling I guess is the best way to put it was a really good decision for me even though there have been times where I've been so tempted to just be like oh like let me just go on this trip here let me just go on this trip there but I try to be very intentional about when I do travel and traveling and everything I'm not very spontaneous with it but it's hard to be spontaneous with travels when you know you have a dog and (laughs) that kind of thing and the next best decision this one's just kind of like silly goofy funny but concerts I never regret going to a concert and it's something that just always makes me so happy and I never regret spending money on it and it's one of those things it's just like a life experience that you either like value or you don't value some people just do not care for concerts some people do not care for live sporting events and everybody has their preferences and for me personally like I don't regret spending money on concerts and I also haven't regretted really any of the sporting events I've chosen to pay for and go to but most of the like in-person live sporting events I've been to I've been able to go for free because we like know somebody that works for the team or I've been able to go because I was a college student and we just had really cheap tickets when we were college students so and now we're called not college students so we don't go anymore <laughs> but um concerts are something that I just really really love and never regret spending money on they're so great and it's always a good time and I just love I love music so much it's something I care about a lot so like seeing people that I've listened to for years or even if it's somebody I haven't listened to for a super long time and I just grew to love their music really quickly it's an experience and it's an experience I love and don't regret spending money on and I consider it a good financial decision because it's something that really provides a lot of sentimental value and a lot of just good memories in my life And the next best financial decision is actively trying to build a good credit score. And when I say this, I don't want to sit here and say like, when I say actively trying, I'm not sitting here saying like every month I'm sitting here planning what I'm doing to improve my credit score because that's like not really how it works. But ultimately just paying a lot of mind and attention to my credit. And I mentioned last week that, you know, I was so hesitant to get a new credit card because I got the American Express Gold card a few weeks ago. And it was so funny because I said last in last week's episode, I was like, I was so worried about inquiring to get another credit card and like being rejected and like just being like, no, you have like way too much debt or something. And then literally this past week, my like Experian like uh, credit report or whatever, I got like a note of, I can't remember exactly what it said, but it was something along the lines of like the amount of debt I had, you know, comparatively speaking to, you know, what I'm paying off and like my income and everything was really great and I was like wow this just like validated all the bad thoughts that I was having right before I applied for that credit card like a few weeks ago so it was just funny because it was like an affirmation almost that I needed and just kind of like told me like no like you're in your head about it but I really have always been very diligent when it comes to making sure I'm like you know paying my credit card bills on time and everything and I always you know pay the full balance and everything and I am somebody that when I got my credit first credit card, my Discover student card that I told you all about last week, I really was trying to make sure, you know, 
what do I need to do to like make sure I don't let anything slip through the cracks? So, you know, setting up auto pay and turning on notifications. So I'm like always, you know, aware of what's going on on my credit card. And also like, for example, I had an instance where my score tanked one time because a, well, urgent care, I've probably talked about this on the podcast before, but it would have been a long time ago. But an urgent care facility in Tuscaloosa that I had gone to, it was actually right before I went to, flew to Houston for my office visit for the big four firm that I worked for. And this was my office visit that I did as part of like the kind of interview and recruiting process for my internship. So this was in 20, God, that's so crazy. Spring of 2018. It was like March of 2018 or something. No, it would have been May. Yeah, it was the first weekend of May of 2018 because it was during finals. And I was so, 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 so sick. Like that was one of the most sick times I've ever been. And I was like freaking out because I was flying out on like early, early Thursday morning for the office visit. Like I had to leave my apartment to drive to the Birmingham airport, which is like an hour away from Tuscaloosa. And it's the airport that you like kind of have to fly out of. I had to leave my apartment at like 4 a.m. to get to or actually it was like 3 30 because my flight was like at like 5 30 or something to go to houston and on wednesday i had to take every single one of my finals back to back because i had to move them all around so that i could make this office visit happen since it was during finals week which honestly like in hindsight i'm like why did they do the office visit the first week of may when that's like when finals always are i feel like for every school but whatever um they were probably busy accommodating all the in-state texas schools and they were like screw the alabama girl she can figure it out um now that i've been on the other side of recruiting and i kind of know how it works they definitely are more focused on the in-state people obviously and i was just kind of like a random person coming from somewhere else so they like happened to get in their mix so anyways um I had to take all of my final exams like back to back to back and I remember the Monday of that week I was just so sick and I went to the urgent care and I was like look I don't know what you what I have I don't know what you can give me but I was like I have three finals to take back to back in two days and I have to get on a plane and go to an office visit for an internship on Thursday morning so fix me please and they give me a steroid shot in my butt and turn me around um nicely so that was good, but what wasn't good was that they, whoever was, I guess, working the reception, the office or whatever, I got the bill in the mail that summer for that visit, and then I immediately paid it, and then later on, like, gosh, like, months and months later, like, a long time later, it had passed at this point after I had paid it, like, I'm, like, literally sitting, I think I was at home, I want to say, I don't remember, but... I just remember my credit score like took a huge hit, like a 50, 60 point hit or something like that. And I was like, what the heck happened? And I look and it said that I like had um, something sent to collections. And I was like, oh, no, no, no. I am on top of this. What on earth got sent to collections? And it was a whole process because I had to like pull up a detailed credit report. I had to like, I don't remember if I had to pay for it or not, but it was like a process of me figuring out how to even access that. And then figuring out, what collection agency it was sent to and then who sent it to the collection agency to figure out like what the issue was sure enough it was at freaking urgent care clinic and i called and i was like hey i'm looking at my bank statement right now and i can see that the money for that bill came out so why did it get sent to collections and sure enough it got reversed and everything was fine and then my they were able to take it off my credit report and everything but it was oh my gosh it was a stressful process y'all i was so scared 
And I was just worried that it just wasn't going to correct itself like in time or it was going to take a long time, but it ended up being like a relatively smooth process once I like actually got in contact with the right people and everything. So, and being really diligent about that, like I could have just been like, oh, I don't really know what that's about. And my credit score would have just like kept tanking. But the second I saw that, you know, I was like, I'm taking care of this and we're figuring out what the heck's going on. And it can be so annoying to deal with those things because it's like you have so many things to deal with in life and to stress about and adding something like that on top of your plate is always just like the worst. But I'm proud of my past self because I mean, I was like 19. I like taking care of that and by myself, like I didn't have help from anybody. I was like sitting there on my computer, like how on earth do I figure this out? And just trying to figure it out. And I figured it out for myself. Um, I'm very independent in that regard and I was able to figure it all out. So really being mindful and just intentional and really just doing my best to keep eyes on my credit and, you know, maintain it and everything has definitely been a good decision because it put us in a really great position when it came time for us to buy a house together and all of that stuff. Cause obviously all of that matters. It, it was really helpful when I bought my car in 2021, all of those things. If I wouldn't have, you know, been diligent about it it could have hurt my what we were able to do when it came to buying the home and then what I was able to do when it came to buying my car so and the next one is paying out of pocket for grad school after like my scholarship because I had the way the way things were which I kind of touched on this in last week's episode so I'm not going to go into detail about it but my student loans that I had in undergrad I'm if I remember correctly, I didn't take student loans out for my senior year, which I'm pretty sure is true. Because I remember being really stressed about it and my mom like kind of telling me like, no, like, you know, take them out. It's okay. It's not going to be that much because I was just taking them out to like help cover rent and extra um, expenses that kind of come with college, like parking passes and um, books and all of that stuff. And since my scholarship covered tuition. So my mom was like, you know, if it's something that's going to cause you a lot of stress, don't you know, force yourself to be in a position where it's going to stress you out a lot if you like can't cover what you need to cover. And I was like, well, no, like I, I, I just need to be, you know, like good about it and good with my finances and probably be a little bit, pay a little bit more attention to them and everything. Cause I definitely, when I first started making money off YouTube, I was definitely, I mean, I was like doing what I was supposed to do in regards, like I said last week, like I was kind of saving my, what I needed to save percentage wise and everything and paying my taxes and all that. But in terms of just like actually being diligent about what I was spending, I was good about saving, but what I was spending, I like could have been better about. And I just remember my senior year just being like, I don't really think I need to take out that money for student loans. And I really don't want to if I don't have to. So I took the chance and I didn't do it. Um, and that ended up being something I'm really glad I did because otherwise I would have, you know, had to take out more in student loans and I'd have a larger balance right now. And same thing for grad school. So for grad school, I had a graduate assistantship that covered, I don't remember what it covered specifically, but it pretty much covered all of my tuition, except for like a couple grand, I think. And I ended up paying for that out of pocket myself, um, just thankfully, thanks to my money that I made from YouTube and content creating. And then also with my graduate assistantship, it was like, the net that I had to pay was very low because it was like it paid most of my tuition except for like a small little chunk and then I got a stipend though and the stipend basically 
covered almost all of that difference, if that makes sense. So then I ended up only being out of pocket, I think like two or three grand, if I remember, which that was a lot of money for me as a college student. And I mean, it's a lot of money now too, but I was like, okay, I'm going to make sure that, you know, this is something that I set aside money for and that I pay for out of pocket because I just don't think it's worth taking the student loans out for. And as a just in case, which if I would have done that, I would have just been, that would have just been me being ignorant towards my own finances. If I was like, oh no, I'm still going to take out the student loans just in case. And then I probably would have ended up spending the two or three grand on something else that I didn't need. So I'm just thankful that I didn't do that. And I think that was a really good decision of me to kind of sit down and like get real with myself and my finances and be like, okay, if I'm, you know, doing this, if I'm going to grad school, can I pay this extra, whatever it's going to be. And doing that, a graduate, doing the graduate assistantship was just like such a good decision too. Cause I didn't have to do that but oh my god I would not have gone I would not have gone to grad I would have like done something online probably before going to Alabama for another year if I didn't have the graduate assistantship because I would not have wanted to pay the full tuition um so it just would not have like I definitely wouldn't have paid that out of pocket I guess you could say and I wouldn't have wanted to take out the extra student loans for it so that was definitely a really good decision too and the next one is taking advantage of my corporate jobs benefits, which I know in last week's episode, I talked about not taking advantage of some of my benefits sooner, such as expensing like my phone bill and Wi-Fi sooner because it was just like such a tedious process that I like kind of avoided it for a while. And then I started doing it and I was like, wow, I hate myself for not doing this sooner because I could have been getting those expenses reimbursed. But I did take advantage of some of my jobs benefits that really did help me financially and honestly, just mentally and emotionally. One of those being... Um, having access to therapy, I was able to get, I think it's called Lyra, L-Y-R-A, if you want to look into your job and see if they have it. But I had therapy available through that for free, but it was like it had to be through a specific therapist that was like on that network. So you kind of like put in your location and then they show you therapists and what they kind of like specialize in, I guess you could say. And they only show you the ones that are like within that Lyra network, I guess you could say. So that was how I found my therapist was through that kind of like portal that I used online through that website through my job and taking advantage of that was a great financial decision because ultimately it I didn't have to pay anything out of pocket for it and therapy is freaking expensive so I think it was a great decision because I took advantage because I would have wanted to go to therapy and I knew I needed to go to therapy because I started in when did I start April 2022 I think March of 2022 And that was when I started going. And if I would have not gone then, then I probably would have like waited until later in life and I might not would have had that benefit and I would have had to pay out of pocket. And I know it's kind of like a what if situation, but still, I think it was a good decision for me mentally and emotionally. And that's just one of the benefits. Another benefit I think of is using gym pass that I had through my job, which is really similar to class pass. It's honestly like the same concept except you just pay a monthly fee and then you can choose how much you want to pay each month in a way. Like there's set prices for different plans and each plan includes different studios within them. So I was like, okay, I'm going to pay for the gold membership. And it started out when I started, it was like $120 and it was that much for like three or four months. And I had an unlimited access every month to places like Soul Cycle Berries, um, all these like Pilates, not Solid Core, Solid Core wasn't on there yet. Um, but like all these like great studios for $120 a month unlimited. That is crazy good. Well, then after like a few months that I had it, they bumped up the price to, like 168 And I was like, that's really annoying. That's a huge jump, but I'm still going to pay it because it's still cheaper than, you know, me paying out of pocket for 
all of these places unlimited basically obviously or even a membership to one studio unlimited so i'm really thankful that i did take advantage of that and we also had a wellness fund where we were able to expense um up to a thousand dollar or 75 percent of up to a thousand dollars in wellness expenses and underneath that wellness expenses umbrella it included a lot like they expanded it to include so many things because it used to be like pretty specific and it expanded to include i mean workout classes massages um plane tickets hotel rooms um like a new pair of tennis shoes like for running or whatever cycling shoes i got my spin shoes but from when i was doing spin a bunch um because it's it was three dollars every time to rent them or i was like okay or i can you know pay for a pair of spin shoes once and then get expense for 75 percent of it basically and that's a better financial decision obviously but it included even um what did it include that i was gonna say oh um meal subscription services like HelloFresh and stuff and all those and I loved that and I took advantage of that and I got like a plane ticket I remember I got reimbursed I got spin shoes reimbursed I reimbursed a lot of meal kits um in 2022 and I and when we were engaged I was kind of like okay instead of like buying random things and then expensing them I'm gonna be like I'm really just going to use the reimbursement for what I'm paying for gym pass because that basically made my gym membership to F45. It pretty much made that free for like six, seven months of the year, which was so nice. Um, Obviously not completely free since I was taxed on what I was reimbursed, but you know what I mean. And that was such a good decision on my part because it saved me so much money and there are a lot of people who just don't take advantage of those benefits. And I'm like, you are literally losing out on so much money you could be saving. So I'm really glad that I did take advantage of a lot of those wellness-related benefits. And going off of that, um, my next best financial decision, honestly, F45, my membership at that freaking fitness studio. Y'all, it has like, I just, it's literally changed my life. And I don't want to say that. And I don't know. I, I don't like saying that because it's like, okay, it hasn't necessarily done anything crazy for me, but it's just been such a crazy good stress relief during so many like stressful times in my life. And it's really just helped me prioritize my health and my fitness and take care of myself in that regard through busy seasons of my life. And it's just been the best thing. And it's so nice because it's like the first time I've ever found a workout that I've been able to stay consistent with. And when I say stay consistent, I mean going like, four to five times a week every week and I've been doing that since October of 2022 obviously I've had times where I've gone on vacation and I haven't gone that's you know obviously excluded but all of that being said I just think it's been such a good investment for myself and my health and I know that it's money spent and I'm not really getting any money back from it so financial decision is it really a financial decision I mean yes because I'm spending money but is it necessarily like a good one that like gets me money back no but it puts me in a good place for being the best version of myself and being a healthy version of myself and taking care of myself now hopefully will save me a lot of money in the long run when it comes to having to pay for certain things related to not taking good care of my health and fitness you know what I mean so the next one is using and having a health savings account aka an HSA accounts through my that was redundant because I think the a stands for account in that so having my HSA health savings account (laughs) that I had through work so I know not every job offers this but if you have one definitely definitely look into it it's really great because you can kind of save your pre-tax 
income for future expenses that you may have that are like medical related and it's very specific things are included under it but I got my aura ring through it. You can literally buy like tampons with it. I mean, it's just nice because it's money that you don't really ever see since it's pre-tax and it comes, you know, like right out of your income and your paycheck and you don't see it really. So it's like nice because you're basically setting aside money for those expenses. And then when the time comes that you do have to pay for something medical related, you already have it set aside in an account. But a lot of people use it for like an extra way to save for retirement. And I'm not going to dive into the details of that because I don't honestly know every single little thing about it. But either way, and regardless of what you're using it for, if you're using it truly to help cover those medical expenses you have, it has a limitation annually on what you contribute, but you can choose to contribute a certain amount and everything. And I contributed like a pretty high amount each month um, to mine. And it was nice because there were definitely times that I was sick and I had to pay for a visit to urgent care or I had to pay for a medicine or something. And even paying for like my contacts, which contacts are so freaking expensive. I hate that I have to wear glasses and contacts now because I went my whole life not having to. And then when I was 22, I got um, glasses and contacts and they are just so expensive. But I was really glad that I had that because it was like I didn't. Yes, it sucked to spend that money, but it was money that it wasn't like it was money that I had in my account from like my paycheck because it was pre-tax money that was taken out and put into that account before I ever even saw any of it. So it was like, oh, I'm spending money, but it's not necessarily, it never really felt like it was coming out of my account, if that makes sense. And that's the best girl math way I can put it. But I definitely recommend looking into getting one. And even if you're only contributing like the bare minimum to it, it's better than nothing. And I just think it's a great way to sort of save for those um, future medical expenses you may have um, as long as they're qualified and everything. And if you do want to leverage it as a, an additional way to save for retirement, you can also do that too. So that is everything I have though for this week's episode with my best financial decisions. I feel like my worst financial decisions were more concrete like examples and a lot of the things in this were more so of just like oh, this is something that I just know has been a good decision for me. And it wasn't like there was a telling event of this is why I think it's good or whatever. So hopefully you all enjoyed it and got some good little nuggets of information and everything from it. But once again, I should have prefaced this at the beginning, but saying again now, I'm not a personal finance expert just because I am a CPA and I worked in accounting for two years I worked in tax so it's not like I, I I do know some things but I did not work with individual tax and I'm not claiming to be an expert in any way shape or form I get that I know a little bit more than the average person probably but I am just giving you all my experience this is not necessarily advice it's just me sharing my experience and the things that were great decisions for me and things that were horrible decisions for me from the last episode. So you can take everything with a grain of salt, but I think it's always interesting and can be helpful to hear what other people have to say when it comes to their financial decisions, especially in their 20s. So I hope you all enjoyed this episode. Be sure to follow In Bloom Podcast link down below and leave a review. It helps the show out a lot and I will talk to you all next week. <laughs>